Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts, michaelsflooringoutlet.com. Yeah, weekend is here. Cold, rainy, crazy day. It was one of those days that started with rain, and my dog won't go outside when it's raining, but likes to whine. So my wife says, you got to take the dog out with an umbrella so it doesn't go on the floor. Well, um, luckily, the dog didn't go on the floor, and luckily, there's a break just long enough. This would be a million-dollar app idea. Send me an an alert. When it's about to rain for a long period of time, the all the alert needs to say is get your dog outside now before it starts raining. I, I would pay for that app. So welcome to Overnight America. We got the text messages in. Happy, happy, happy to hear that Friday song. It's the right way to start a weekend. You can call in too at 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. I saw this story from WCBS. Residents. In Long Island, uh, grieving a loss of a family member and receive a note criticizing their Christmas lights are still up. Anyone still have their Christmas decorations up now? It's February 4th. Do you have the tree up? Do you have the lights up? Do you keep the lights up year round and just not turn them on? Uh, do you, Why would you hassle someone on your block about this? I think unless you had Santa actively perched on your roof with the reindeer, there'd be no reason. If there's a tree in the window, would you go and say, what are you doing keeping that up? If there was lights on the outside, would you do that too? That doesn't make sense either. I, of all the things to try to hassle a neighbor, a neighbor over right now, this is what you're doing a month after Christmas. I don't get it. Here's uh, WCBS. There could be many reasons why someone left their Christmas lights up on their house. Bad weather, too busy at work. But for the family here on Berkshire Road in Beth Page, it's because they lost two people to COVID. They are grieving. However, this family and a few others on this block received anonymous letters that read, take your Christmas lights down. It's Valentine's Day. All right. It's not Valentine's Day. We still have at least 10 days 
But based on when this report came out, it would have been more than that when the letters start coming out. So what, they're Johnny Apple seeding it, going around and passing out these letters? Take your lights down? Upsetting to neighbors on this block. It's terrible that people, you know, like I said, with everything going on out there, could you be a little nicer, you know, instead of dragging somebody down just because they left their Christmas lights? Yeah, don't hassle the neighbors over something like this. Give a, give them a break. What's it your business? What's it your business? They have lights up on their yard. And you're going around your whole neighborhood. You're taking notes. Little reporter's notebook. Uh, better write a note down for this neighbor. <laughs> what a jerk. All right. Please don't be like that. But um, I think that I haven't seen any Christmas decorations in my neighborhood. Then yet again, I told my wife. Um, I don't really look for them. So if they were out there, I wouldn't even have recognized it. You know, I'm not looking at every house, inspecting it. Oh, Big Al's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. What's up, buddy? I am getting ready for this weekend. How are you? Me too. Super Bowl. Go Tampa. Um, I'm a Raiders oh. fan for life. Just got done watching the uh, Al Davis 30 for 30. Very interesting the way him and Roselle went at it. And my name's Al, too, so, you know, we're rebels. <laughs> Good. But if you ever had Boar's Head lunch meat, I know Schnooks is your sponsor, so, and I always um, go to Schnooks. But... I, I've seen them. I don't know if I've tried them, though. Buddy, I'm telling you, it'll last twice as long and still be good. It's the best out there. And your boy Frankie the Beagle who won't go out when it's raining. He looks like a cat because he's so spoiled, <laughs> right? Uh, he got my, uh, he got my uh, Boris Head's uh, beef bologna sandwich the other night when I was calling you. Tell me about this beef bologna. What does it look like? Oh, it's th get thin sliced. It looks just like the, re the rest of it, and it's a little more expensive, but I'm telling you, you know how turkey goes in three days or maybe four, oh, yeah. it's dead? Yeah. No, Boar's Head is not filled with a bunch of junk, and it's tasty, and it lasts twice as long. And your buddy, Frankie, who loves you, sitting right in front of the radio, I wish I could send a picture in. He looks like the RCA dog. You're not getting any cookies. Uh, <laughs> so wait, but anyway, so that, is this that like app thinly is awesome you were talking about. Yeah, uh, so is, this is thin-sliced bologna. So you gotta, like you can call sliced? with your slices, but, yeah. you know, they'll slice it for you, but... Oh, okay. Um, so it's not like unbelievable. Yeah, thin yeah. slice. But Frankie likes a thin slice. He's telling you, but he won't oh. go out when it's raining. He's like a cat. And these dogs today are so ruined that they don't even go outside. I go. You're supposed to be out hitting, hunting game, getting like food for us. He goes outside, gets wet. He comes in on my leather couch and rolls around like it's a bath towel. Oh no! Oh no! Frankie, yeah, he owns the no. place. <laughs> yeah, but he loves you. He's parked in front of the radio right now. You're his Waiting. favorite. Yeah, Pavlov's dog knows the treats coming. No, it's, all you need no, to do it's is leave. Wrecker's dog. He's looking right at it. You love Uncle Wreck. Do you get a lot of cookies because Uncle Wreck? Love you, bud. I love it. Thanks, Big Al. We'll see you. Have a good weekend. That's great. Yeah, it is Super Bowl weekend. And I got to be honest, I don't plan on watching any of it, not even the halftime show. I. I Normally, I would be in the studio on a Sunday getting ready for Overnight America, and it would be on in the background. I don't plan on having it on the TV in our house. 
I, I try not to watch the TV as much as I possibly can, but still, this might be the first year I'll watch 0% of the Super Bowl. It's just, I even I know Kansas City's in it, and I know a lot of people like to watch it, and even people that don't pay attention to football will watch it. I just, my intention this year is I have zero interest in the NFL and football, and none of that. Yeah, It's fun listening to it on the radio, getting ready for the show, as I normally do on Sundays or whatever day they might be playing, but a lot of times, you know, NFL on Sundays, I just have it on in my headphones while I'm working in the background, and that's fine. I I, you know, Kevin Clean has some great Super Bowl memories. Maybe we'll do some of that coming up after the break. 314-436-7900 or 800-925-1120. That's funny with Frankie. Won't go outside when it's raining. My dog's like that, too. And as soon as there's that window of opportunity, she's a little skeptical. And I say, hurry, you better do it now. If she goes out there and I broke her trust, She'll run right back in and she'll shake it right on me. Like, how dare you tell me it's not raining? This is Overnight America KMOX. Radio's BS detector. Mark Reardon. Weekday afternoons at 2 on St. Louis's News Radio. KMOX. Yeah, the Super Bowl this weekend. I don't have a lot of memories of the Super Bowl. Just a few that stand out. It was always nice on a Sunday when you can have a friend that comes over and watches it, knowing that you have to go to school in the morning. So you might stay up a little later than usual. And I remember the Super Bowl ending late, but as of recent years, it seems like it ends fairly early. But maybe it was just because I was younger and it seemed later. I remember sometimes there'd be a special episode of something after it, like a Simpsons or whatever it may be. So that's kind of cool that uh, there's other people that have different memories. I remember one year we had some friends come over and it was kind of a small little party. We had two TVs, our, our, the main TV my parents had, then we brought out a second TV in another room. So we kind of had both going because we had enough people there for it. And my mom and dad would make a nice big spread of food. And it was always fun to eat those sort of things. And a friend of the family brought over the square. So he was an architect, so he's very good at drafting things on large boards. So we put out a very professional-looking squares. And I remember one year I won one of the squares, a whole $7.25. And, man, was that a great get. $7.25, I was on top of the world. It didn't matter who won the game. I couldn't even tell you who was playing. But I won those squares, that one of them, for $7.25. Good old Super Bowl memories. Oh, Kim's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hi, Ryan. Um, mm-hmm. Gosh, I've got I've got so many, but the one that comes to mind um, when when my husband and I lived over in Collinsville, my daughter and her boyfriend and and my son wanted to go out to First Baptist Church because they always had a Super Bowl party out there and food and whatnot. So this one year, um, she drove out there, my daughter did, and the game was over. She couldn't get the car started. Mm. And so to make a long story short, uh, somebody brought them home, and I said, well, you know, you need to call the church and let them know what happened because that, that way you won't get a ticket. So the next morning they went back, and they had to... to tow it across the street to um, a car lot. And so the, the, everything, the innards, the, the uh, uh, now what am I trying to say? The, the engine and everything w- wouldn't work. 
so they ended up having to use the wrecking ball and crush it. Uh, wait, what? Hold on. So they took her car that they couldn't start to the lot, which they then crushed? Yeah, well, I mean, the the engine and all the innards in, inside the hood, they couldn't repair it. I mean, it was, like, beyond repairable. So she drove it there, and then magically after the Super Bowl, it became uh, inoperable. No, they, well, she couldn't start it whenever um, they were leaving the Super Bowl party. Yeah, and, and that's what, and that was the end of it. It was over. It died yeah. during the Super Bowl. Right, right. Wow. How about that? It's uh, amazing. Well, thank you for sharing that story. I would definitely remember if my car broke down, died, and was compacted and crushed like a cartoon right after uh, a moment like that. Yeah, it's a weird time for it to break down. Thanks, Kim. Uh, 314-436-7900. And Kevin Colleen actually has some great Super Bowl memories, just like you do, probably. On January 15, 1967. My first Super Bowl was the first Super Bowl. 1967, I was seven years old, and Nana and Granddad invited the family over to watch it on their new color TV. Green Bay Packers. Nana warned all us kids very seriously, don't sit too close to this new color TV thing. It could make you go blind. The game was the first concrete evidence of the merger. The tone of the game back then was very post-World War II. You could hear it in the announcer. He sounded just like those announcers from the old World War II newsreels. Midway Island. Not much land, right enough. But it's our outpost. And that's the feeling you got from those early Super Bowls. We were part of a country that was involved in a serious part of history. We had won World War II, and now we were playing Super Bowls. In 1999, I was married with kids, and we moved the couch that we didn't usually let the kids sit on in front of the color TV so our boys could watch Kurt Warner in Super Bowl 34. It has never happened in Super Bowl history for a team to score on the last play of regulation. From the 10, probably the final play of the game. In regulation. It is caught by Dyson. Can he get it? And I remember when they won, when the Rams won, my kids were, boys were jumping up and down on the sofa. This was taboo. That was a sofa we paid a lot of money to have reupholstered. By 2004, the Super Bowl was kind of in the background, but it was there in the room when Debbie Monterey, Ron Jacober, and some others, we were part of the X morning team at a bar in Washington, Missouri, watching the infamous Janet Jackson wardrobe malfunction. The thing was, I don't remember noticing what happened to Janet Jackson's wardrobe. I don't think anybody caught it. The era of the halftime show eclipsing the game had arrived. And the commercials, the military tone that was the serious part of the beginning of the Super Bowl had given way to revelry. And so this year, as another Super Bowl approaches, I don't know if I'll watch. The game has become almost invisible to me. 
I guess Nana was right. If you get too close to the color TV screen, you'll go blind. With a whole other story, I'm Kevin Killeen. Look at that. So many great connections to the Super Bowl and St. Louis, not just with uh, the games and the players, but of course, Jack Buck and Joe Buck. And you remember yet last year, the great, great connection when it came to the Kansas City Chiefs playing with Jack Buck calling the Super Bowl and many years before his uh, or Joe Buck calling it with many years before his dad, Jack, calling a a game with the Kansas city chiefs involved and how emotional and awesome that story was because it was being told. And I, I love things like that. I love those type of connections. I am not going to watch it. I plan on watching zero minutes of the super bowl this year. Don't really have much of uh, not even a, the little bit of curiosity. And I got to tell you, I know that Kansas city won last year. I couldn't even tell you who they beat. I, I do not remember who played the year before that. Don't know. It's probably been, hmm, it's probably been at least five, six plus years since I've even watched a portion of the Super Bowl, more than a more than two quarters. I'll put it that way. It's always been on in the background in the past four years. Uh, even then, I wasn't watching. I remember even sometimes there were snowstorms coming through, and I was working, so I didn't get a chance to watch it. I just, it's been forever since I've had people over. I went to a party. I just don't have that same sort of feeling for it anymore. It doesn't feel the same. It won't. All I remember last year is that they brought out the stripper poles for uh, Jennifer Lopez to dance on during the halftime show. That's in the controversy for that. I tweeted it out and I think I had like a million people see my tweet. It, it was something, it was just something like, I guess uh, stripper poles are part of football now. And so many people, were just so mad I said that <laughs> last year. And no, it was like a like a million people saw that tweet. I saw the statistics on Twitter afterwards. But that's uh, football for me. It's all about that type of show, and it's not about the game, and I don't care anymore. So I guess uh, if you're watching it this weekend, good for you. Enjoy some chicken wings and all the little snacks and everything that come with it. Hopefully you can enjoy it if that's your thing, if you like football. But I feel like there's a lot more people like me that have just been so turned off to it all that uh, it's not their thing anymore. And I might uh, not be gaining any friends coming on and saying I don't plan on watching it, but I'm just being real. When we come back, we're actually going to talk to a medical doctor, someone that has spent a lot of time looking at some of the little things that go on behind the scenes and she is the author of a new book called Viral BS Medical Myths and Why We Fall for Them. Dr. Seema Yasmin joins us right after the break. We'll take a look at your weather, too. It's Overnight America, KMOX. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all-star closer kenley jansen we have a question what's the best podcast of all time Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Want to find out the latest on Billiken's basketball? Yes. It's gone! At the buzzer, it's gone! Bob Ramsey and Travis Ford preview the week ahead, Monday night at 6, on the Billiken's Coaches Show. Presented by Royal Banks. Presented in cooperation with the Fieldhouse. On the voice of the Billikens, King of OX. Joining us now is a health reporter and an author, new book called Viral BS, Medical Myths and Why We Fall for Them. Seema Yasmin, thank you so much for coming on to KMOX. Oh, thanks for having me. It's good to be here. I don't know um, what it was like for you growing up, but in my grandma's house, she would take these little clippets from Reader's Digest, like home remedies for things, and put them up on the fridge. So if there's a toothache, you know, do this or, you know, put a put a clothesline clip in between the webbing of your fingers if your feet hurt or, you know, things like that. Were you into those things? I was definitely exposed to a lot of them. And in fact, the way I start this book off is by talking about the weird and wacky things I believe when I was younger. Because now, of course, I'm a professional debunker. I've written a book about medical myths. And so I thought I need to start the book with a confession about the weird and wonderful things I believe. But I think it's really universal. I think so many of us grew up with stuff like that, even things like feeding a fever and starving a cold or is it the other way around like there's no truth in it anyway but it's like how does that even start and how does it spread so I'm really fascinated in that and the the kind of weird things that we believe in even when there's no evidence yeah there's few things that I believe in like that and let me tell you the one that I would stand by until the end of time which is uh, growing up I always bit my nails and it was a bad habit I still bite my nails but I believe it built up a nice immunity so that's why I never get sick <laughs> you think that's what it was? That's exactly it. Yeah, and that's the sole thing. And I find it's a weird thing whenever I ask someone, 
If they say they never get sick, I'll say, hey, do you bite your nails? He said, yeah, actually, I do. It seems to be a universal uh, observation, even though it might not be scientifically well, true, but it's true to me. Yeah, well, we'll have to do a scientific study to figure out if that's actually happening. <laughs> <laughs> well, so tell me about some of these things that you look at um, in uh, viral BS in your book. It's because a lot of people do have these things that are built into them. It's their default thing to do. Yeah. It's what their parents or yeah. grandparents always did. So they do it, too. Yeah. And the way the book started off was people bombarding me with questions about e-cigarettes or should I take this cholesterol lowering medicine or what's the deal with birth control? Does it cause depression? Like, because there's so much reporting on the scientific studies that happen. Sometimes the reporting is fantastic. Other times it's a bit misleading and people are just like, I don't know what to believe. There's contradictory information. So I took some of the most frequently asked questions, everything from playing football and head injury, to the e-cigarettes, to detox teas and cleanses, to vaccines and autism. And I've done a deep dive in each chapter looking at a different one of these. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of the book, I've got a BS detection kit. Mm -hmm. So that people, whether there's a myth that's in the book or not, say it's something different, you still have the tools now once you've read that book to really separate the facts from the fiction, figure out what's legitimate and what is misleading and inaccurate. Your background, you're an epidemiologist, is that right? That's right, yes. I used to be a hospital doctor in England, and then 10 years ago I moved to the States to serve as an officer in the Epidemic Intelligence Service at the CDC. Mm -hmm. So anyone who watched that movie Contagion last year will know about the Epidemic Intelligence <laughs> Service. I had the job that Kate Winslet plays uh -huh. in that movie, of course. It's a very Hollywood version of it. But literally, my job would be to go from one place to another, anywhere there was an epidemic, to investigate what disease was spreading and figure out ways to slow it down and stop the epidemic. And I really early saw and saw this every time that no matter where I got sent, it was never just a virus that was spreading. There were myths and hoaxes and all kinds of conspiracy circulating at the same time. And I got very interested in how do we tackle that? How do we keep people safe from all the BS that's out there? Because as we've seen with COVID in the last year, if you fall for some of these scams or some of this misinformation, it can cost you your life. Hmm. Yeah, and I find that, like, for example, I'll just give you a few of them, and I'm susceptible to this just like everyone else, but I'll read a headline like today. It says, melatonin may help you keep COVID away or uh, vitamin D or things huh. like that. And I'll, I'll read the headline and I'll think, oh, how about that? Yeah. I'll never do the research ever, but it's implanted in my brain. So I'm guessing that's pretty dangerous when there's only these headlines out that may have misinformation to begin with because whoever wrote it may not actually have any scientific data with it. Yeah, and sometimes what's frustrating is the journalist has done a good job in the story, and for one reason or another, maybe to make it a bit clickbaity, the headline ends up being the most inaccurate part. Like they're trying to oversimplify something that's like got caveats and is a bit more complex than that. But for sure, I mean, I'm going to have to look into the melatonin thing now, but you can just see how easy it is to latch onto, oh, this thing could prevent COVID, this thing could treat COVID. But really, if you want people to believe that, you need to have solid scientific studies. Because the worst thing that could happen is somebody believes one of these things that isn't true, and then maybe stops wearing their mask, or maybe, you know, really lets their guard down, and then exposes themselves in a way that's unsafe and ends up getting COVID. And that's the last thing we need right now. Yeah, it's almost like going back to the 90s and someone saying, oh, I don't need to contribute to a retirement fund. I have Beanie Babies, so I'll be set for life. 
and then finding out later that was such a bad oh idea. It's like doing that with your health. That's essentially what you're doing when you <laughs> base it health. on headlines. <laughs> exactly. But I mean, the interesting thing is, obviously, I'm a doctor and I'm a disease detective. So I'm very interested in health and science. But the BS detection kit at the back of the book, you could apply to so many different situations and you can use to really make yourself savvy, not just at separating the false health news from the accurate health news, health news, but you know, all the other information that's out there as well, whether it's about financial stuff or whether it's about politics too, it's the same kind of tools that apply when you're appraising the information and figuring out, wait, do I believe this? Do I retweet this? Or is this garbage? Right. Uh, author Seema Yasmin, uh, health reporter, a medical doctor, epidemiologist, and the new book called Viral BS Medical Myths and Why We Fall for Them. By the way, if people wanted to find your work online, where can they look you up? Oh, super easy. My website is SeemaYasmin.com. And I do a lot of debunking of myths on my Instagram account. And that's at Dr. Seema Yasmin. Perfect. And part of that is why we fall for them. Is it just that we want to think like it's it's protection in our minds and ease of mind? Is that why we fall for some of these? Or is it something different? It's a few things. But what you're talking about is definitely one of the factors. Because we live in a world that's super messy. And actually, if you speak to a really good scientist, they won't make promises. They talk in, in terms of uncertainty, right, if they're being honest. But then I think as humans, we try to grab on to some certainty. And a lot of the scammers, I think, and the people spreading the false information are exploiting our need for those unanswered questions. And so they give us certainty. They say 100% guaranteed this mouthwash will protect you from COVID. And it's completely false, but they're exploiting our need to just have someone tell us something with conviction and reassure us. And that's how you end up kind of dropping your guard, but also sometimes like losing your money to these crappy products that don't do anything. Yeah. And some of the things that I see that you talk about, and one that always interests me is food, things food related, things like leftovers. So it's not always mm. like COVID and some of these other topics that are very, I mean, we're talking about things that are in everyone's home right now that people always wonder about. Yeah. So this book has a wide range of topics and ideas. So let me just hit you with a few of them. One of which, what we mentioned, the leftover thing. So when we make something, normally we give it five days at most. What's, is, is there a is there a sweet spot for leftovers? It truly depends on what the food item is, how it was prepared, and how you're storing it. So all those things factor into whether you're deciding, do I trash this or could I safely eat this? The reason I include this in the book, and it may sound a bit like because about leftovers, every year one in six Americans get food poisoning. About 50 million of us end up very sick with it, and many end up in the hospital. So it can be really serious, and food poisoning can knock out your kidneys cause all sorts of these terrible problems. So what I talk about in the book are the different bugs that can make us sick through food. And I talk about the different ways that you should figure out whether something is still safe to eat or not. And there's a resource there in the book too, where you can just literally type in the thing. Are you thinking about turkey? Is it frozen? Whatever. Mm -hmm. And it tells you in that resource when it's safe to eat or when you need to throw it out. Wow. Yeah, and there was something else I saw on there. Uh, do bad teeth cause heart disease, which is interesting because whenever you take your dog into the vet, they always have those charts on the wall that you look at while you're waiting for the vet to come in. And there's always the little chart. OK, where's your dog's teeth? And it always connects bad teeth for the dog with heart disease for them. And I thought there's, there's got to be something to that with humans, too. Turns out we may not be that dissimilar to dogs, and I actually haven't seen those posters in my dog's vet clinic, but there is some truth to that. There's a link, and we believe there's more and more evidence that 
if you have bad oral hygiene, if your teeth are not in great condition, and especially if you have swollen and bleeding gums, what happens is those bleeding gums are an entry point for bacteria in your mouth to get into your bloodstream. And once the bacteria are in your blood, they're causing all sorts of inflammation inside the blood vessels, and that can damage the blood vessels and also cause heart problems. So this goes to everyone, but especially if you have diabetes, especially if you already have a pre-existing heart condition. But again, all of us, regular dental checks, brushing and flossing. Flossing is really important twice a day. And this is why you'll hear, you know, heart doctors, your cardiologists will also hopefully talk to you about oral hygiene because it's all connected. Do you get, as a doctor, a lot of questions like this from friends and family? I mean, it'll be like nine o'clock at night and they'll text and call you. All the time. (laughs) Oh, it's even worse. It's usually both sent via WhatsApp where I can't even figure out like is that someone's elbow or the back of their leg like what is this patch of skin so yeah it's like that but you know I get it I get it we're curious about our bodies we freak out I tell people be really really careful googling your symptoms and funnily enough you know I'm an MD I'm not a vet but I have sometimes googled my dog's symptoms and been like oh my god I think she has cancer and then my vet friends are like you're banned from googling dog symptoms (laughs) like you freak out so I totally relate to how that can happen you know you have a headache and you're like do I have a brain tumor and it's like no you need to go to sleep and drink a glass of water yeah I got to imagine too you go to a place and if someone asks you what you do for a moment you wonder do I tell them I'm a doctor because I don't want them to follow (laughs) up with a question you you, you come up with a different profession (laughs) <laughs> you know what? No, I don't because I actually don't mind the questions because I find them really interesting. And I'm also always amazed by how much people overshare. That's like very fast. Is there any question like uh, people have brought up to you that you haven't been able to find a deter- like a, a definitive answer? You know, sometimes there's definitely stuff where the science, that the jury is still out on the science. And even in the book, I'm just really transparent about that and say, look, I'm going to give you what information is available now you make up your mind based on what we have and i try and be really transparent with people about science in general but it's not like you know people especially with covid are like believe the science trust the science you can kind of fail people with that kind of thinking because science isn't just a bunch of facts science isn't static it's a very dynamic process and it very much is a process, right? And so we change our minds and our guidance based on new information coming along. Nutritional science is a really good example of this. Anyone who's like lived through the 90s will remember like how many times the guidance changed on whether egg yolks are good or not. <laughs> and like suddenly eggs are out of fashion. Then it's like, no, actually, dietary cholesterol doesn't translate to higher cholesterol levels in you. So I just try and be very transparent with people like, Here's what we know now, but, you know, things can change. Yeah, that was the big joke, the egg yolk things and food on a plane, you know, the stand-up comedians go to. And then I was <laughs> kind of surprised to find that they've changed the food pyramid so many times. Does that even exist anymore for kids? Yeah. I don't know whether it's necessarily a pyramid, but we have guidance about what should be on your plate. But it's changed from when I was growing up, which I think is really humbling and a reminder. Like, we think we know so much, and yet... The whole process of science, the whole point of it is that, you know, we keep chipping away and learning more stuff. And when it comes to nutrition, we're learning more and more about our gut and the fact that we're pretty much only half human and half microbe because there's so many bacteria in and on our bodies that help us digest and process all that food as well. It's fascinating. Dr. Yasmin, again, if people wanted to find out more about what you're doing in your book, where can they look you up? 
Uh, best place is my website, simayasmin.com. And if you want to see some of the debunking stuff I'm doing on Instagram, I'm there at Dr. Sima Yasmin. Gotcha. And can they send pictures of uh, their body if they have questions of what's going on to you through the website? You know, there's no point in me saying yes or no because people send them anyway. <laughs> okay, it's discouraged. It? It's probably not the smartest thing to do. <laughs> Unsolicited photos of weird marks on your skin. I know. So, of course, people can look you up and they can look up your book, Viral BS, Medical Myths, and Why We Fall for Them. Seema Yasmin, thank you so much for coming on to KMOX. Oh, thanks for having me. It's great talking to you. And she joins us on the Bomberito Automotive Group guest line on Overnight America, KMOX. This is Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts. Michael'sFlooringOutlet.com on KMOX. Oh, it's hard to believe it's the end of the show. Whoa, how did that happen so quick? Uh, these four hours always go by so quickly. It's hard to believe. We are on weeknights from 8 until midnight, replay from midnight until 2. This show covers a lot of airtime on KMOX. And if you want even more of me, how about you find me on Facebook or Twitter or some of those places? Ryan Recker Radio on Facebook, at Ryan Recker on Twitter. But either way, maybe you don't get to catch the whole show. I can't blame you. I can't imagine four hours a night uh, sitting and being able to dedicate the time to the talk show without something coming up at some point, or maybe you're traveling and you're not in the car the whole time because you're not a trucker, then Overnight America is where you can find the podcast, all these places I feel like I tell you about. You probably know it exists, but have you ever actually went to go look at them? I don't know. Maybe one day you'll think, oh yeah, I should do that. And you can hate Facebook as much as I do and still find yourself on it. We can have that together. So we only got about a minute left. Uh, how about I play just a couple more clips? Did I have a, did I play this one? I don't think I did. So with the vaccinations still going on, the shortages that we've seen, and it's amazing to think that, hey, where are they? I mean, they've been out there, but are they just not getting distributed in the right places? It seems like the city of St. Louis would be a priority for that. Governor Mike Parson. Oh, I got to plug this in again here. All right. I is not even close to meeting the demand. It's difficult, whatever you do, and it's going to be a slow process, and you're not going to get vaccine as quick as people would like the vaccine. There's no playbook for this. I mean, everybody's trying to figure out what is the best way to do this and how do you get it done. And the federal government don't have the answers either. Yeah. So to get it done. I mean, as long as you're going on a priority basis and you're not skipping the line because you, you know, run communications for, you know, the county executive or something crazy like that. But otherwise, uh, enjoy your weekend, whatever you may be doing. That clip had nothing to do other than just wasting a second or two. And we'll be back again Sunday night at 11 o'clock. I hope we can talk about that. Enjoy the replay hours, which are coming up next. And have a great weekend. Stay warm. Bye. The lonely rain Wishing I could see your face again Change the dial on the radio Find something playing kind of bluesy and slow If things were only like they used to be We'd be lying in love tonight I wish you'd call me on the
swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.